doing this? They said when you got here, the whole thing started. I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil. Eva! They're coming to get you, Barbara. Monsters, John. Monsters from the it. I'll blow your soul. I'll blow your soul. I'll blow your soul. Swallow this. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Have you ever heard of Candyman? You the cemetery, but you left the body. She rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. You don't know what death is. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. Messenger of God. You do not need to stay here. God is dead! again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm very fucking calm! <laughs> very good, very good. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Me too. And who's that? <laughs> it's Barrett. I'm doing good. <laughs> All right, how's it going? And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? Just fine. Just fine. Try to speak up a little louder. You're uh, kind of fading out there a little bit. Groovy. Oh, it's good. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get into our. Uh, our uh, house cleaning first, which is uh, we're pro- pro- part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, we are the founding podcast on the network called Dark Discussions Podcast. We have an email at darkdiscussions at aol.com, or you can go to uh, the website, darkdiscussions.com, and choose the Contact Us 
link on the menu, which will bring up a form where you can email us that way as well. We will read your emails on the podcast. And uh, so if you, you know, if you get them in soon, we get them right on the podcast. Uh, well, and then and then we have to have a, a fight to the death to see who has to read it. There you go. Uh, Eric, uh, what else can people find on the Dark Discussions News website? <laughs> well, they can find a link to our Patreon account. Patreon allows you to contribute financially to your online artists like podcasters. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like movie rentals and computer equipment and web hosting and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. For every $5 a month that you care to donut, donut. I swear to God, that's like the fifth or sixth time I've done that. Are you hungry? Uh, <laughs> what can I say about donuts? Donate. <laughs> for every $5 a month that you donate, you'll have the opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly do a show on. We take all the submissions from our patrons and we draw one at random once a quarter. Uh, any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or follow the Patreon badge on any page of dark discussions.com. Exactly. And we thank those who uh, donate now, the handful that do, and we appreciate any new folks, uh, as well. Uh, also, um, who we are at, uh, dark discussions podcast. We are, podcast that talks about horror films, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, outhouse, midnight movies, foreign language films, occult films, and the like. Uh, basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we come out usually weekly, and uh, we're into the 530s at the time of this recording, which is June 2nd, 2022. For folks who are curious, such as one of our listeners, Pam, who is always interested in when we record these episodes because sometimes they do not come out the following week. Uh, this one, though, will probably come out almost immediately uh, because it is a themed episode, uh, and we will uh, discuss that. Well, we can talk about it now. Uh, Mike, uh, who, who just passed away uh, that we uh, decided to, uh, I guess, pay a tribute to? Well, thankfully, nobody knew today because that could have gotten really awkward. Uh, but, yes, we're here for uh, uh, to honor Ray Liotta's memory, um, who passed away about a week ago. Um, he does not. It's certainly a, a noted actor, uh, not a lot of genre work. And there was some fights over what movie we were going to discuss. And it currently seems like we may need yet another podcast to discuss the movies that are not appropriate for a dark discussions and apparently be cinema a la carte. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so we're uh, here to discuss one of his genre entries. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, he does have a, a number of genre films, but yeah, not specifically, uh, horror related, uh, a lot of thrillers and police procedurals and, um, Supporting roles and, and various uh, films, as well as, of course, uh, Goodfellas, which was um, uh, the gangster film that uh, brought him to uh, fame. Um, but, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, one of his other films, uh, a genre film, as a tribute episode to uh, his uh, his career. And, uh, Eric, with that, uh, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about a 2003 movie that features Ray Liotta as part of an ensemble cast. 
called Identity. There was a storm. There was an accident. We had an accident. And we got stuck and we couldn't get out. We couldn't get out because of the storm. Transporting a prisoner here. But the roads were all flooded and I could use the room. I don't think we can get out tonight. I'm not staying here. Are you out of your mind? There is no place else to go. Identity is a uh, pretty interesting uh, film when it comes down to uh, uh, the director and a few other folks. First of all, it was uh, written by uh, a guy named Michael Cooney. And uh, Michael Cooney, uh, Eric would probably know, because uh, I know you saw this movie that he did from a prior podcast that you were on. Uh, he wrote the film Jack Frost, the horror film. Ah, okay. Uh, and he wrote uh, Identity as well. Uh, the movie's direction, though... Identity is, is better. <laughs> yeah, but but that was a fun film, Jeff Frost. Um, the, the film is directed, though, by uh, James Mangold, who's uh, one of the premier and great directors in uh, film uh, in the modern era. And this is uh, one of his uh, lesser films in the sense that... Um, it was a genre film, so people didn't know that he necessarily did it, even though it does have uh, fairly good reviews. Uh, the films that he's probably known for are the best are films like Walk the Line, uh, Girl Interrupted, which was the film that uh, Angelina Jolie won a Gary Award for, 310 to Yuma, uh, The Wolverine, and of course Logan, where he actually uh, also was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay. That film was uh, a big success. Uh, he also uh, worked with Ray Liotta in other films, such as Copland, which is, uh, in my personal opinion, a, a hidden gem similar to Identity. I watched and, that last night with Identity. <laughs> I watched oh, it right before Identity, so I had a double double dose. 
Try not to watch two movies at once, or you might like get like a split personality. I know. I thought I thought on. it would be kind of cool to watch them at the same time and go insane. Um, this film here uh, got three uh, stars out of four from Roger Ebert. Uh, for folks who uh, care about that, and uh, actually received uh, pretty decent reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the film stars, as Eric said, an ensemble cast, including uh, John Cusack, Amanda Peet, Alfred Molina, uh, Rebecca De Mornay, among others, uh, and of course uh, Ray Liotta. Uh, Ray Liotta um, uh, did this film. Uh, well, the film came out back in 2003. Um, so uh, we will uh, talk about how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. Um, <clears throat> all right, so uh, Eric, uh, since you suggested this one, um, why don't you tell us how you heard about this film and what you thought about it? Um, I saw this when it originally came out in the theater because uh, it had a bunch of names in it that I liked, like Ray Liotta and John Cusack and Amanda Peet. Um so when I saw this movie, it blew my mind. I thought it was so great. Um, and particularly like the last shot of the movie just sent chills up my spine. Um, upon rewatching it last night, I've watched a whole bunch of movies since then. Um, <laughs> And also seen it before. So I was watching it last night thinking, wow, you know, they really do kind of lay this out for you if you're paying attention. Um, so I think it's maybe not as effective on rewatch as it is on your first watch, uh, but it's still quite good. Um, all the acting in it is great. The ensemble cast is, man, there's more names than you can shake a stick at. Um, Phil forgot to mention Clay Duvall and Jake Busey and Prue Taylor Vince. Uh, it's just got everybody in it. It's crazy. Um, and I still think it's a really, really good movie. And that final shot still sends chills up my spine. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a solid movie. I recommend it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I, I saw it on opening night on April 25th, 2003, which was a Friday. Um, my girlfriend at the time was had plans with, her friends, uh, so uh, and so we set up a, a date for Saturday to hang out. So Friday was open, and so my buddy and his girlfriend were going to see this near Fenway Park, and so I met up with them, and we went to see it. And I was obviously interested because uh, um, uh, Ray Liotta was in it, and uh, Goodfellas is one of my favorite films. Uh, though I do have to say the, uh, the other cast members interested me as well, as you said, Eric. Uh, especially Rebecca De Mornay, uh, but also John Cusack. Um, and I think this is the first film I ever saw Amanda Peet in, to be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a really good film uh, when I saw it at the theaters. Uh, um, it was it was uh, excellently done, well acted. Um, and then uh, I rewatched it for the first time uh, last night. Uh, so, 19 years later and uh it's still a really great film um uh, i i concur with everything that eric said it's a it's a solid watch and uh, definitely worth uh seeing uh anybody who likes uh mysterious type thriller horror type films uh let's go with you barrett 
Yeah, I saw this in the theater when it came out as well, because um, I was a big Ray Liotta fan and a big uh, John Cusack fan. Um, I think it's a pretty effective film. It's not as effective to me on a rewatch, and I've watched it quite a few times at this point, probably between five and ten times. Um, I still enjoy the movie, but it definitely doesn't have the same feel it did in the theaters for me when I first saw it. But it is definitely a movie you should watch. It is a good movie and well worth watching. All right, sounds good. Uh, Mr. Letts, Kevin. Yeah, I I have to admit, I never heard of this movie until Phil told me that this is the movie we we're going to watch because I thought we were going to watch Goodfellas. So I had just finished watching Goodfellas and I wrote to Phil saying, OK, I watched Goodfellas. I'm ready for. You know, for Thursday, he says, oh, actually, we're watching this movie called Identity. It's like, oh, OK. So um, because uh, I was told that Eric, this was the one that Eric suggested we watch. And actually, I think it was a good idea on Eric's part uh, for a couple of reasons. One, this is a good movie. And two, I think anybody, if they're going to do a Ray Liotta memorial you know, podcast episode. They're probably going to cover Goodfellas and covering this one is definitely not one that would be on people's minds. And this was a, this was a good one. This was definitely a good movie. I think it was, you might want to call it a hidden gem, at least from my perspective, because I never even heard of this movie until Sunday. Um, and it's also interesting that we didn't cover, uh, I think, it, I think the movie was Hannibal because Ray Liotta was in that one. Uh, spoiler alert, he's the one who gets his brain eaten. And, uh, you know, that's definitely on the horror side. But, uh, you know, we decided to cover this one. And like I said, good idea. All right, sounds good. Uh, Mike? Well, first of all, let me just say, I think it would have been weird if after doing this for 12 years, we covered Hannibal before we covered Silence of the Lambs. Um. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I was with Eric. I, I, this would have, was what I would have suggested because it is a clear genre film. Um, and uh, I think he's got a bigger part in this than he did in um, than he did in Hannibal. Uh, I saw this on. What was the format we had between Blu-ray and, and VHS? Um DVD, um, DVD. Yeah, I saw DVD. it on DVD. Yeah. yeah, I saw it on DVD. Probably because I know we didn't. Pam and I didn't catch it in the theaters. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but we 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 missed it. It's also April is a busy time of the year for both of us, so that could have been the reason why. And uh, we liked it. We both liked it then. Uh, we, I, but I don't know. If she's rewatched it since then. I hadn't watched it since the first time I watched it until. Uh, like literally moments before we started, I rewatched it today and didn't realize we had, depending on your point of view, moved up the time for the show or returned the, the time the, the show's time to its original uh, intended purpose of a uh, time of seven thirty. But anyway, so it, it's like it turned out to be perfect because the credits were rolling as I was picking up the call. Anyway, I do like the film. I have a problem. I understand Eric's issue with the film. I have a related but different issue with the film, uh, but that all gets into the twist ending, and uh, I don't want to go there. Uh, but yeah, I do like the film. I think it's a solid one. I, I the word I actually wrote, I thought it was uh, 
a surprisingly nimble film because there is a lot of things that are being juggled. And other than remembering the twist, I remembered almost nothing about this film. Um, who anybody was, what they were doing, why they were at the hotel, all of that was a blur. None of the details were still with me in the film. And it was not hard to keep track of everybody, of the characters and who was alive, who was dead, what was going on, jumping back and forth with the other story that's going on. Um, and just the direction is good, you know, for a film that's mostly static set in a motel. I never felt bored. The movie is like almost night. I think it's like 90 minutes almost to the second. So, um, yeah, he keeps it moving. Um, it's, it's a really solid script. The dialogue is sharp without being overly stylistic, like, you know, like, like a Tarantino. Um, and, and then the performances are, are really good. You've got a, Great cast of actors that are, eh, I would say, you know, I don't, B actor has a bad connotation, but there was nobody there that was pulling big box office draw, but they were a lot of names uh, like John Cusack and obviously Ray Liotta and uh, Rebecca De Mornay, among others. Uh, and some of those actors have become bigger since, like Amanda Peet um, and uh, Alfred Molina kind of who's always been a character actor. And then he got a little bit more famous when he did Doc Ock, like a year or two later in uh, the Spider-Man two. But yeah, I think it's a solid film. Uh, it is a, 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 a good watch. I think for anybody who's interested in a good psychological thriller uh, slash um, uh, 10 little Indians type tale. All right. Sounds good. Um, so it appears that everybody uh, likes this film. Um, probably um, a surprise for Kevin, while the rest of us uh, all knew of this as a cult classic and its uh, popularity among um, the genre fans. Uh, so, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki? Wiki, wiki. Stranded at a desolate Nevada motel during a nasty rainstorm, ten strangers become acquainted with each other when they realize that they're being killed off one by one. All right. Sounds good. Works for me. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we can get into, uh, well, before we do that, uh, how we do it here on the Dark Discussions podcast for folks who are new to us or even those who have been with us for a long time. Uh, basically, what we do here is we don't just review films. We critique and dissect them as well. So if there's specific scenes or symbolism or uh set pieces that we want to talk about in depth we will and therefore we will spoil things uh because again we critique and dissect not just review however we will throw up a spoiler alert at that point and let folks know so they can uh go watch the film and come back if they prefer uh, again this is a 19 year old film so uh, many people have already seen it possibly, but for those who haven't, such as Kevin, who just saw it this week, uh, we'll throw up the spoiler warning. But before we do throw up the spoiler warning, uh, we usually talk general things uh, related to the film, whether it's talking about the director or the, the actor or uh, the type of, of genre, meaning, you know, is it a police procedural, is it mystical realism, or whatever. Uh, so we'll just talk about general stuff. So uh, let's get into the general stuff first. Uh, and I'll say without spoiling, I think this may be the first film I've ever saw 
that had this type of uh, twist ending. So for me, it was it was fairly fresh versus mm-hmm. say nowadays where you know we, we see it all the time. I mean, we, we see stuff like this all the time. I mean, we could go back just a couple of weeks ago with a film, The Twin, the Finnish film that we reviewed starring Teresa Palma that had an, an well, not necessarily an interesting twist, but a twist that um, I guess didn't necessarily work as, as much for two reasons. One's because of the type of film that presented itself prior, but two, because we've seen stuff like that happen before, and in this film here may be one that kind of uh, did it first, at least for me. Uh, I don't know. What do you have, Eric? You, what do you, what do you I, think? I, I, I don't know if it was first. Uh, I mean, it was certainly done before this movie. Um, I think it's probably one of the better ones, although it still um, has a couple of moments. It's just like, meh. Uh, but, uh, I don't object as, as harshly as I did to the movie you just referenced, uh, partially because the, the type of twist is significantly different. Um, I don't know if I've seen anything precisely like this before, uh, which is which is one of the things I liked about it. We'll get deeper into it when we're past the spoiler flag. Um, I, I would say about this movie that um, from a movie that, that Mike mentioned, it's like 90 minutes on the dot. Um, it's got a fairly brisk pace and yet we still get like from a movie with that runtime and a cast this large, we still get to know more about the characters than I would have suspected. Um, they, they make an effort to give you uh, little tidbits about each of the characters. So you have it in your head. I mean, like you um, get to know all their birthdays, you get to know well, their first and last end, names. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're you're not picking up what I'm putting down, Mike. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, uh, I thought they made a significant effort to do that, and I thought it makes the film better. Now, Eric, you you do a uh, uh, YouTube video series. Um, Did you do it for this film as well? Yeah, Eric's movie. Uh, I have not talked about this film yet. I'm trying to get... um, there were a, <laughs> uh, there was a collage of posters I put together for my intro for that channel. I'm trying to get through all those movies um, before I, I proceed to and most of them are in the 80s. Uh, so I'm trying to get all those done before I move on to, to later you? movies. Well, uh, look, but I do plan you? on getting stuff in the 2000s eventually. Like I really want to talk about the descent and identity wouldn't be a bad one either. Are you still doing it with your pants on? Because I think that's holding you back. <laughs> what made you think my pants are on? There you you go. can tell. Um, you now, people hold my chest. <laughs> you can tell. It's just yeah. it's just the way you carry yourself. Right, you right, don't wait, know. Wait, wait. Okay, the joke's over. Um, so, um, <laughs> what else do we want to discuss about um, this film or whatever without the spoiler parts? Um, well, I, again, I think here's where my thing is, and because I don't think you need to know the twist in order for me to to get to this, and that is. The, the twist I didn't, wasn't new to me. In fact, this is still in, um, this is in the aftermath of um, the Sixth Sense, right? It's uh, four years later, four years which, later. which yeah. sounds like it's a long time, but you got to remember the time it takes for Hollywood to actually get its shit together when a movie's like accidentally successful. 
Um, and so we started seeing, now this may be at the tail end of it, but we started seeing a whole bunch of films by that point where it's, you know, it's the twist. It's got a twist. And um, it hadn't quite gotten to be a joke yet, but it was getting there. Um, now, that's not to say that there's a joke about this particular twist. Um, but as it was, I kind of thought some of it seemed a little trite to me. But I really didn't feel like that's the, the unless I'm missing stuff, and we'll have to get into that in spoilers, where I didn't feel that the twist was completely earned because I didn't feel like they set up a lot for what I consider to be the twist until you're basically into the third act. And then they suddenly like throw the evidence at you at the same time they solve the problem and say, oh, here's what all that mysterious stuff we just mentioned two seconds ago means. Because um, other than that, well, it was just playing out as a as a fairly straightforward thriller with a side thing. Now, there's a side story with Pruitt Taylor Vince, and um, there are hints in there, but all it really is doing is dealing with the condition of the killer, which didn't necessarily have to play into what's happening at the thing. So what's really happening? I should point this out. So, so what's happening at the, the, the framing is that you have these uh, 10 people at a motel, mm-hmm. right? The, the clerk uh, and nine guests on a dark and stormy night at break. Their, their vehicles all somehow break down or get stuck or, or what have you. The roads are washed out. They all end up at that same hotel that same night. And then they start getting knocked off one by one in like in the as I mentioned before, ten little Indian style. Um and you're also cutting back to a story uh with Alfred Molina is a uh uh I don't know if he's a criminal psychologist or just a or a psychiatrist or just a psychiatrist or but there's a serial killer uh who is going to be executed the next day and he's being transported to a hearing for uh, where the where the judge is going to decide whether he's mentally competent to be put to death, and um, he has not yet arrived, and it's under this backdrop that we start seeing people die. So that that's kind of what's setting it up. Well, and Mike, something that might explain some of the stuff you picked up is that they did actually shoot several different endings to this movie. Um, to try and throw people off track. Cause this was back when leaking uh, movie stuff was big business. Um, and so daily life, uh, <laughs> so, uh, people would get a good paycheck if they, if they leaked the ending of a, a movie to, uh, to the Hollywood news outlets. Uh, and so in order to throw people off track in case there were spies on set, uh, they just shot several different endings to this movie and maybe their efforts in doing that kind of muddled it. Well, that shouldn't have changed because we all know that movies are normally filmed out of sequence. So that shouldn't have stopped them from putting in little things earlier in the film. And I, and they may be there. I've only seen it twice. Uh, Barrett, you said you've watched it 85 times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so maybe, maybe there's stuff there that I'm missing that I didn't pick up on because it was only my second viewing. Uh, and so I'd love to hear it. Cause then I would, cause I, I already liked the film. It's not like, Oh my God, it's cheap. I just felt like it wasn't entirely as earned. It was a neat ending, 
Um, <laughs> but um, and and if you know oh, me, uh, we can we can get into it. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. So and if you know me, you know I knew who this, the killer was the whole time. But uh, oh, so you plan? Oh, of course it is. We all know who it is. <laughs> it's the, 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 the most guilty creature on the face of the earth. But um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that that was like my only minor gripe is just I think they could have seeded that there wasn't stuff that I and, and watching it again there was nothing that happened at the motel where I went oh I missed that the first time or mm-hmm. oh that makes sense now uh, until you get to that beginning of the third act when it all just suddenly kind of hits one on top of the other as opposed to seeding it from the very beginning And by the way, 2003 film, I do want to point out, that's, uh, that, that's one year away from its 20th anniversary, which means it's one year away from the minimum time needed before it's t- you can make a remake time. So uh, <laughs> just to make everybody feel old. Except for Kevin, who, uh, who didn't know the film existed. <laughs> that doesn't help. Indeed, indeed. All right. So, uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up, uh, general related to uh, our topic tonight, um, without spoilers? Anything? Yeah, I just want to say I might be calling Jake Busey Gary Busey a lot because I always, for some reason, have trouble remembering his real name. Fair enough. I, I just yeah. think of him as the knockoff Busey. Yeah, uh, Jake Busey. <laughs> also, Busey. Uh, Jake. Uh, I can't Busey. believe it's not Gary. Uh, Hey, he was great in Frighteners. So, so, so Jake Busey uh, was one of the other people in the ensemble class. Uh, Mike also mentioned um, Pruitt, um, Tale of Vince, he's part of it. Uh, also, John C. McGinley, who was a, a really big character actor back in the, the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. He's still around. Um, so, Claire, du- so Claire Duvall is another one. She oh. was. Uh, yeah, Claire Duvall. Uh, she. This I know. Was. Sorry, I, I, I say I know her off. best as the uh, Secret Service agent in Veep. Uh, she also had a small role in Better Call Saul, and she's done right. a lot Cat- of work. Also, Academy Award nominee John Hawks is in it as well. Uh, he's been in a number. Yeah, this- Pretty big film. This movie was the first movie that brought Pruitt Taylor Vince to my attention. Um, and from that point on, I just thought of him as the guy with the eyes. Um, <laughs> he's got an eye thing. He does really well. By the yeah, way, yeah. if anybody's interested in meeting Pruitt Taylor Vince, he'll be at the Scares of Care convention at the end of July in Williamsburg, Virginia, along with two other or three other, maybe uh, very special people. And who would those people be? Oh, uh, myself, Mike, and, and Barrett. Yes. <laughs> there yes. you go. So yeah, Pruitt's a big supporter of the Scares of Care charity. Um, you know, he actually did me a kindness last year, and uh, I've gotten to know his um, his handler pretty well. Uh, so nice guy. If you ever get a chance to meet him, be sure to stop by his table and get a picture, get an autograph. Yep. Also, uh, Anthony... Thurber will, will be at the dark discussions table as well. So, or will he? Yes. yes. He, he actually uh, uh, texted me uh, today uh, asking for 
uh, Thursday night hotel because we may uh, do a layover um, on Thursday night instead of doing a straight drive. So I got to call him back later Um, because he's jumping in with me, my car. Um, All right, so we will... uh, Bill always drags the strays to the convention. I guess. Uh, So... um, I guess we could uh, throw up the spoiler at this point, and at this point we'll talk about anything and everything. Uh, obviously, the the um, twist, everything we'll we'll talk about. So uh, you've been warned. Uh, so the spoiler alert is up. Um, so uh, how do we want to go about talking about this film? Because it has a interesting pre-credit type sequence, and then we have our intro to a number of the, the main characters uh, in little um, scenarios, um, ensemble scenarios, like, like almost like a Michael Crichton book. Um, and then, of course, we have our, our well, plot. And, and and just for for the sake of our discussion, I'm just I'm going to go ahead and lay out the the whole structure for the movie, just to get sure. it out of the way, um, sure. so we don't have to deal with it along the way. Um, so the movie starts out with this scene where there are a bunch of lawyer people gathering in the middle of the night to talk about some case. And apparently it's about somebody who's about to be executed the next day. So it's very important that they do it that night. Um, and this is where we see everybody gather around the conference table. And eventually, um, I think in that first scene, we get to see uh, Prue Taylor Vince, right? We actually see him in that scene when he's wielding. I think we get like a snippet or like a okay. like an eye or something. But and here's yeah. the thing is 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 really the only reason I, I, I noticed this last night. The the only reason this movie works is because it's it's storming in that scene, and then we cut to another scene where it's storming, and you make the assumption that this is all happening in the same place. Um. So then we get introduced to the 10 characters that all end up at the same hotel uh, that start getting picked off one by one. And then the big reveal, here we go, extra spoiler warning. The big reveal at the end of the movie is that all these people who are at the hotel are actually personalities inside Pruitt-Taylor Vince. Uh, And this whole thing has been a treatment from his psychiatrist to try and eliminate the number of personalities and also prove um, that he isn't necessarily responsible for committing murder since there were multiple personalities taking control of his body. So who's the one that's guilty? That's the whole deal. Um, so yeah, but, but last night I really, I really just, I, it hit me it really just drove home the fact that the only reason that they're able to fool you at all because the first time I saw this movie, I was like, what the hell does all this hit doing at the hotel have to do with that that, that dude who's going to get executed tomorrow? It's the thought that kept floating through my head the first time I saw this movie. Uh, and, and the only reason it works is because they keep the storm outside consistent throughout, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I think they're trying to get you to think that he that the that he escapes on the way there while they're waiting for him to arrive, because this is a period uh-huh. of time where you could not assume, because this is 2003, you couldn't assume everybody had a cell phone. Um, right. And that he's the one that's 
killing people off in the hotel and you're trying to figure out who exactly is the one that is in fact the killer but we know it's Pruitt Taylor Vince mm-hmm. um, so that I think is the uh, the premise that they're going with I don't know if that is effectively conveyed or not and unfortunately I already since I remember the twist it, I knew what they were trying to say I don't know if I I don't remember if I fell for that the first time or not yeah, I, I when I saw it the first time, I didn't get the connection until the very end with the twist. So I guess it was effective with me. Um, it was definitely effective with me, I'll tell you that. I wasn't expecting it at all. Awesome. Yeah. But did you see the connection between the the meeting of the of the lawyers and the judge and the what was going on at the hotel? I didn't figure it out until, um, Ed Dakota appeared at the table and then they, no, no, I don't mean the actual, I don't mean the, the fact that, you know, that they were all aspects of his personality, just that, that were you confused as to the connection between the two or did you make an assumption as to what was going on? Well, my assumption was, is that, they were wait uh, that they were waiting for the uh, the Busey guy uh, to be transported there. See, that's mm. what I, I thought. That's that's what I thought was going on is they were transporting him to that location, and because the whole storm and all that, that's why everything got late. Because because after they said we're waiting for him to come in, and then we go, oh well. Everybody's at the motel now, and they don't go back until there's like, and every now and then there's like, hey, where is he? Well, okay, we'll at least get this started. So it made it look like the the, the Busey, not Gary Busey, but what what's his son's name? Jake. Oh, Jake. Jake, Jake Busey. Yeah, he, he was Jake Robert Maine. He played Robert Maine. Right. Well, anyway, we're we. I thought they were waiting for him, and not for the guy that I remember from Devil's Candy. Right. <laughs> that for me, it was way back then. I don't think I was, you know, I hadn't seen so many movies. I wasn't as, uh, I don't know, jaded. And so, you know, it was a complete surprise for me what happened in the movie um, at the very end. And I didn't connect, connect them really. Yeah. So I, I, I think I, I was probably more like you Kevin which is I, I assumed they were waiting for t- uh, uh, Robert Maine uh, the serial killer um, that we meet at the, the hotel right now what about you Mike you're saying you, you figured it out right away or no I'm saying I figured that's what they were doing was that they were trying to That I, I don't remember I didn't figure out the multiple personality thing because I don't think there were clues for that. I, right. I was saying, I think they were trying to get you because Eric's saying he didn't see the connection. I think the connection oh. they were trying to make was that there was the, the killer that they're waiting for is the one killing people off at the hotel, whether you yeah. thought it was Busey or, or somebody else or, right. or just somebody we hadn't seen up to that point. That's what I'm saying. Is well, I think I'm going to have to double check and make sure I'm right on that. Um, but, but I thought you saw, uh, Pro Taylor Vince before we cut back to the hotel. 
Um, I'm pretty sure you do too, I'm but out of my ass. <laughs> but I don't think I'm. I'm pretty sure you do too, but I don't know that you get a great look at him, and I don't think. I mean, I still don't think. No offense, Pruitt, that he's a a household name. So I don't think that sorry everybody would recognize that that's who that is and who he's supposed to be because you're still kind of processing an awful lot of things at that point in time. If you don't see him in person, you definitely see at least a picture of him. Um, yeah. While playing I, that recording at the beginning. That's why I didn't I didn't see any connection between the two except for the storm. Okay. And so that to me said it was happening at the same time. But that was the only connection I had when I first saw it. Okay, so then I think we could say that a potential criticism of the script then is that the connection between the events of the hotel and the or the of the attempt to make a connection at the with what's going on at the hotel and what's going on with the lawyers is not particularly well established, even if it's as a misdirection, right? To try to get you to think like we all know say, that. I think it's yeah, I think it's deliberate, but like we all know what the misdirection is in Sixth Sense, and they do a really good job with that misdirection in Sixth Sense. So that when the mm-hmm. way when the the thing comes, we go, "Oh my god!" Um, I don't think that that sort of misdirection, I guess, is that effective here, or at least not completely, depending on the viewer. I mean, when you're measuring against the Sixth Sense, everything falls up short. Well, yeah, uh, goddamn right, but that's good. why it's a measuring stick. But what's right. funny for me, the sixth sense is less rewatchable than this is. Just because mm, okay. once you've seen the sixth sense, you you know the the trick, and so it's not as I don't know. There's still some dramatic parts of this movie that get me better than the sixth sense when I know the ending of both. Well, I think it helps that this is a shorter film and moves quicker, which I think just makes it more rewatchable. Yeah, and that's yeah. possible too. And and it's also a good film. I mean, I'm not trying to say it's not, you know, but um I remember somebody pointing out it's like, you know, saying like Citizen Kane is a fantastic film, but Ferris Bueller's Day Off is just so much easier to watch. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I I think I've watched I knew you would disagree with that, Phil. Oh, well, they did they did put a paragraph at the end saying except for Phil, and I didn't know what they were talking about. Oh, oh dude, I I can I can quote almost everything from that film Citizen Kane. Please don't. I bet he can't. I don't believe it. I haven't watched Ferris Bueller as a lot either. I have, but uh, I I could. I've probably watched more Citizen Kane to be honest. But anyway, continue, Mike. I'm sorry. That was it. Okay. Uh, um, (laughs) I I see your point, though, Mike. I see your point. Um. All right. What else do we want to discuss? Um. So, yeah, I think the one criticism I, I had about this film when I first watched it, and I was waiting for it again here when I watched it again last night, and sure enough, it, it was it was true, was uh, Rebecca de Mornay, uh, her character, uh, is removed from the film way too early, I think. I and, agree. Well, yeah. Just because just you're obsessed with boobs. Well, that may be partly the truth. But that was one of the reasons why I, I was excited to, for the film was because of her. She was kind of big at that time. Um, and to have her die that quick, I was like, oh, that sucks. It's, I was, I don't know, just, uh, that was one of the first time I saw the movie, too. I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. She had well, a good she's, death, like her head found in a washing machine. But <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, she's, the, she's the, the Janet Lee, right, of, of this film. Right. Right. Uh, if any, if any, I mean, not that she was at necessarily a bigger name at that point than Ray Liotta or uh, 
or John Cusack. But yeah, I mean, you have a bunch of names. Not everyone's sticking around to the final act. Right. 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 But I remember when they were promoting the film, she was one of and the she, big names. And she does die wearing a shower curtain with water falling on her. So that is true. That <laughs> kind is of true. a heads up there. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> that is a fair point. But yeah, I, I was uh, I was just surprised though because. Um, uh, yeah, it was almost like a Drew Barrymore in Scream where she's gone immediately. It's like, whoa. That right. Was and I think that's on purpose to punch you in the gut. Yeah. Well, and the little she does get, she has, she's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no, she's she all, plays the stuck up actress quite well. Yeah. 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 She was, she's, 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 I, I remember how that works on the casting. Hey, Rebecca, we got a part for you. We think you're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Your head's going to get chopped off. <laughs> we want you to play a bitchy actress who's washed, right, well, <laughs> bitchy washed up actress well they they wanted to uh, well, uh and one of the, a one of the part, sorry Phil yeah. didn't mean to cut you off but one that of the best good. lines in the movie is when she's checking in a hotel and, and the guy behind the counter says oh you used to be that actress <laughs> she's just like oh no <laughs> Yeah, but and I think she answers it too. Yeah, I used to be. She's that like, actress. yeah, I used to be. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of celebrities get that kind of comment, though. Yeah, and people probably don't even realize they're being rude when they say it. Right, right. You're probably absolutely right. Yeah, or 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 it's, or it's a wake up call. Never <laughs> <laughs> know. Never know. Um, let's see what else. Um, all right. So, uh, I guess we can get into, uh, some specific scenes and some specific characters. Uh, basically it appears, um, out of the, by the time the film's over, really, uh, John Cusack and Amanda Pete become kind of the leads. Am I right to say that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then Ray Liotta is like, like a strong, supporting third member. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason I, I would throw him as third is simply because he isn't introduced until 20 minutes into the film. Uh, he's a late arrival to the film. And uh, he doesn't honestly have quite as much to do. Well, um, and also the, the, the story of his character is, is one of the reveals and kind of a red herring at the same time to try because sure. you, you the whole time you're trying to figure out what's going on and what's going on. And if you're thinking like, um, I can't remember if it was Kevin or Barra, but, uh, if you're thinking along the lines of they're waiting for, uh, Jake Busey to show up, um, when it's revealed that he's actually a convict <laughs> who escaped along the way, you're thinking, Oh, that's why they haven't shown up. Um, and there is a there is a clue to that given. No, I was talking about putting clues down because there was a scene oh, yeah, earlier in definitely. the film where he takes his shirt off. Sorry, yes. he takes his jacket off or vest off, and you see uh, a blood, a blood in a hole in the back of his shirt. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and it's not his blood because the shirt. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, because because I, what I, it was is the shirt was a shirt he stole from one of the cops that he killed. I would say John Hawks is fourth in that. Like, it's kind of a four-person at the end. 
Um, the guy that plays the hotel, mm-hmm. pretending to be the hotel person. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that well, was that's another twist. twist you don't see coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. It is a good one, yeah, because it makes you really say, "Uh oh, he's the murderer." And and for a little bit there, you could believe it. Now, I I don't remember back 19 years ago if that twist made me think he was the murderer or not at that time. But um, uh, when I rewatched it, um, I'm thinking that I, I probably did fall for it, but I can't remember. Well, maybe for a short period of time, but I remember when he told his story, I believed his story. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically he, he uh, just takes <laughs> It's kind of funny story, actually. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, so he lost everything. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, he's, he's there, and someone gives him the money, and he goes, "Oh, all right, I'll just start pretending to become the new manager." I, don't know, I just thought it was funny. Um, well, I, I will what, say, uh, say for a crazy guy, he's got a good imagination with these characters he conjures up. Yeah, yeah, he he does. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine my multiple personalities as having nearly that sort of an interesting backstory. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, you get you get hints like they're all tied back in the aspects of his life. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, I guess you're right. Right. Like the beginning, he's talking about how his mom was a whore. Um, oh, yeah. And then the personality of his mind, you know, the hotel guy is, is like one of them's actually a whore. Uh, and the, the hotel guy is like, I hate whores, stupid trash, you know. Um, right. So, like, the, the personalities he developed in his head all uh, tie back into his actual reality in some manner. Right. And they do have the thing where they mention 10 Little Indians and now, hey, you know how they all had a connection? Um, maybe we have a connection and, you know, then they can't figure it out. But uh, I, I still don't think that kind really counts as much of a clue because that's just a throw it out there and it's not evidence of something. It's just say, hey, maybe they're connected. Are they connected? We won't tell you until the third act. Sure, sure. Um, and and that, that's that's an excellent point, Eric, because I, I didn't even get that idea um, because I, I was always curious why the guy was – the, the manager of the motel was so upset about the woman and knew she was a prostitute right from the beginning. You know, I, I, I would have had no idea. Um, and it kind of made me wonder too, because I mean, later on in his, um, in his, wherever his room was or that RV or whatever, you saw pornographic magazines all over the place. So I don't know if that's how he recognized her or, or it's just, I don't know. I just thought, kind of thought that was weird. Well, it's one thing to tease men for money. It's another thing to go all the way. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, uh, but yeah, and then also uh, the names of the, of the people, right? I mean, that, that's one of the things that you can pick up on maybe a halfway or, or three quarters into the film is that they all have names that are named after states. Um, so those states must have something to do with his background as well, Eric. Um, 
that's that would be my guess based off of uh, your point there that you made. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, but it was interesting too because at one point before the twist, you think it's a, a like you said a serial killer or a, a criminal that escaped or or something like that, and then you suddenly think it's a supernatural thrower, right? Because it suddenly changes at one point, and I was like, oh, this is really weird, and, and or you know in a good way or you know interesting, and then of course you find out that it's not a supernatural thrower at all. It's it's a crazy man. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting that all this integration is happening, even as he's being driven away. Well, and right. and it's the point in the movie where things get super weird is when <laughs> everybody's dead body disappears, right? Yeah, right. That's and when I thought it was. What the hell is going on? Yeah, and, and then, the grace, the grace. <laughs> but that's no, that is about because uh, that was about when I was I, I got I saw the message from Phil um, that by that point you're talking you're an hour and about hour and five hour and ten minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. so we're moments away from the final from the from the reveal anyway. Right, um, and shortly thereafter they do reveal that he's been intentionally uh, trying to kill off personalities, and you're like, oh, okay, so that's what's going on. But it is an explanation that makes the weird stuff make sense. Right. Right. And it's also, I think, kind of clever. I'm not saying that the whole ending doesn't have issues, uh, but I did think it was kind of clever that they explained it in a way that makes you assume that Clay Duvall and the boy both died and their bodies disappeared when we end up finding out that that's not the case. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and then they they have other thing that is kind of could be a serial killer or you know his their their card I guess their calling card or it could be supernatural which is the key numbers um, mm-hmm. or the keys specifically and and the numbers on the keys are are nine eight seven six five four you know as people die and. So at first you think it's okay, it's a serial killer, and this is his calling card, and then you think it's something supernatural that's going on, at least for me, anyway. Mm. Uh, right, and they they call that out because they mention it had all been in Indian burial ground in the past, right? That yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, it's a good call there. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. And, well, and then it comes up like when they they disappear and they uh, said. How does that happen? There's no explanation for that. No natural explanation or something along those lines. Uh, I think it's Ginny is her name. Uh, uh, you, you mean uh, Amanda Peet's character? Uh, no, Clay oh, Duvall. Oh, no, 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 Clay Duvall's character. Yeah, Ginny. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, After Virginia. Says that, they, and then they kind of like, oh, so you were expecting us to believe it's a ghost? Yeah. Um, so I think if they had spread that out instead of having all the bodies disappear at once, if they were gradually disappearing, maybe that would have... Uh, spread the mystery out a little longer because up to that point the mystery was just who's killing us, right? Um, but again, part of the advantage of the film is that the film is just moving at a quick pace, and do the, do we want them to be dragging anything out? Right, right. 
No, no, and, and I think I think the pace was fine as it was, so it it didn't hinder hinder it at all how they did it. Um, let's see. Um, now, um, did anybody buy that it was Busey? I I kind of did immediately when they he had escaped. But then they have the red herring, and, and then you find out it's not him, right? And then they have him getting recaptured and, and stuff, too. Um, I think on first watch, yeah, I was, you know, I was wondering, since I hadn't connected, aside from the storm, the other, you know, the court part and this part, that's, you know, what I was thinking at the time. Right, right. Well, at first I thought, okay, well, maybe it is Busey, but then at one point we see Busey like running away, like he kind of turns, well, you knew something was weird because all of a sudden, you know, you see him out in the, in the desert and all of a sudden he's back at the hotel. And I thought, okay, it's not Busey doing the murders. So, well, I mean, the problem with Busey is that it's obviously Busey. So that means it can't be Busey because you can't get a third act reveal if everyone's figured it out in the first act. Yeah. See, that's the that watching this movie, I half thought, I half thought it was going to be the kid anyway, just because I've, kids I've, are I've, evil. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, plus, I mean, just because I've seen so many of these movies, and it's usually the one that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you know what though? Uh, for some reason, at that point, I fell for the Busey thing. But I, again, I wasn't looking at this as a mystery i was looking at this as more as a a thriller i guess so i just assumed i mean at the same time though i just kind of wonder how how a kid can can shove a baseball bat down somebody's throat i i well well, it is all mental it's not he's he's an imaginary kid right right and he's the Uh, strongest personality which makes him able to do that Right. I do want to point out, though, uh, just just uh, if people are wondering, uh, I don't think this is actually like the AMA uh, recommended way to cure multiple personality disorders is by having <laughs> no. turning them against each other and having them murder each other until only the evil child is left. Seems kind of Ooh, harsh. For me. Let's hope that the right one comes out on top. <laughs> now, that didn't happen here. <laughs> no. Or didn't it? <laughs> well here's and here's the other thing i don't i think we have to recognize there's there's two basic types of multiple personality disorder there's real world multiple personality disorder and then there's movie multiple personality yep. disorder and right, Bruce taylor right. vince clearly suffers from the movie variety now yep. i don't i will not even pretend to be an expert as to uh multiple personality disorders so I can't tell you what the actual differences are. I'm just really sure that it's not this. Um that that there that there are that there are differences and that this is clearly the crazy person for the sake of entertainment. Um, right. And it's still a fairly rare disorder and getting it to this degree it's a, it's it's just a nice little trope that movies like to to rely on because it's weird and it's dramatic. And, uh, you know, you can get your uh, your actors getting award nominations for both playing the same 
uh, multiple people in the same body, and um, yeah, so it's it just works well for cinema. Uh, but yeah, this is not. I, I don't recommend. I don't recommend doing this. Don't try murdering your inner child. <laughs> oh, I killed mine a long time ago. Actually, the world killed it. Because people suck. Exactly. It's terrible. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, Eric, but the world I see, there's you all these sorry, people. Because you're there's, one of them. There are all these wonderful right. people out there handing out free candy and puppies to small children, and then people <laughs> like you <laughs> saying they should do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to live in that world. I like Eric's okay. world. <laughs> well, Mike, you keep on handing out your candy. Yes, yes, but oh, Eric, yeah. go keep uh, making razor blades. So where's some? Of, I, <laughs> how do we feel about some of the other personalities? There's some that we haven't mentioned. Well, uh, there is Lou, yeah, who is Ginny's new husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he was Lou. Master. Lou. Struck me as odd because that's uh, uh, John McGinney, and I'm used to him as Dr. Cox from Scrubs. And this personality is completely different than than his Scrubs character. Uh, so you mean George York, the guy that played George York, the husband? Yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike was talking, I think you were talking about oh, oh, the, the uh, week, the, uh, the young boy. A little. Sorry, okay, I'll get back to that one later then. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, so, what do we think of, of... Well, I guess we'll start with that one, Mike, that you brought up. Uh, Jenny's husband, um, Lou. Oh, I was just trying to think of one that we haven't actually mentioned yet. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, he, we probably didn't mention him because that actor um, never never um, became really big or, or even well-known. So I think that's probably why we, we, we didn't really mention him. But um, oh, So let's just his, kick him while he's down. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, his, his character yeah. um, was, was I guess, a sucker, right? He was... Yes. Because <laughs> we find out that he married this girl because he thought he got her pregnant. And then she tells him that he isn't the father and that she lied to him. <laughs> well, and no, that so, she's not pregnant. Oh, you're right. That was yeah, yeah. even worse. And do, you know why, and, and do you know why she's not pregnant? Because she's a man, baby. She's pure teller Vince, and he can't get pregnant. Uh, that's that's okay. true. That, that, but, I mean, sure, I'm sure that has nothing to do with the, <laughs> the split personality, but you, you do have a, a fair point there, Mike, whether or not uh, it has anything to do with anything. No, um, it is, because she can't, <laughs> she can't get pregnant because she's pure teller Vince. All right. it, it, okay. I don't think Mike understands how this works. Well, anyway, right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, either way, um, yeah. So he—that's his personality. So let's go back to uh, John McGinley, uh, who I know from Platoon and Wall Street and all those uh, Oliver Stone films. But uh, Kevin, you said you knew him from Scrubs. Uh, what did you think of his character? Uh, he seemed like the, the nice guy, right? I mean, he seemed like the most normal well, character of the bunch. I mean, like I said, I've. He was also in Belko Experiment. He's also yeah. in 
show called um, Stan Against Evil, which is a horror comedy. And he's like this uh, cocked character, but it, and I like him. I like him in those movies. And so you get, he's also uh, one of the Bobs from the movie Office Space. And right. he, like I said, he was doing all. And so just watching him kind of be this, trying to be this father knows best, very gentle um, guy, like, you know, he, he gets he gets pulled over or not gets well his car gets a flat and so he's From the shoe from the other girl. <laughs> yeah, from the shoe from the other girl and so he's doing all these things and it's you know it's it's just funny just I mean he's sitting there he's like, Okay, turn towards the the, the turn towards the you know, whatever it was, the you know, the the slide or whatever let off the gas and he you know it is just totally not the guy that i'm used to seeing well i got a strong clark kent vibe from him in that yeah yeah he's playing this sort of mild-mannered guy and you could tell he's that's just not who he is he's also got some neurological i think issues uh like something because like and it may just be because you know he just watched his wife get run over um, or because it's, his son is a psychopath, uh, but like his stepson, stepson, not a really stepson. his son though. I mean, well, even, no, because step, no, because even they're because he's because they're both Pruitt Taylor Vince. Right. Uh, but he uh, like he starts reciting code when like like the legal code or something like that, like within 10 days of the accident, you have to report. So I don't know. So he's clearly got something twitchy going on or something borderline OCD going on. We don't really get a great deal of his personality though. Um, in terms of like interacting with other characters. Well, the thing is he doesn't have one. I mean, he right. doesn't have much of one. Well, they're all parts of his, the personality. I feel like of his father and just like all the women are personalities of his mother. Oh, all right. Mm, that that works. That does work. Yeah. Like Boom. It. <laughs> you saw <I> like it. <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, but, it's time to wrap up. <laughs> uh, but but in this movie here, uh, you know, uh, you know, in the movie itself, without going into the symbolisms and and. Uh, all that other stuff. Um, yeah, I, that's a fair point about the, well, that's the thing is that like, like, for example, the, the show, the office, um, before I ever started watching it, they were talking about how the character of Dwight could be a sociopath. So when I was watching the show, uh, it was definitely weird, but I never, I never really felt that he was a sociopath. I just thought he was just a little weird. And, and then in this show, the movie here, um, Mike, you have a good point, which is this guy, you know, he's reciting the law. We have to report this by, you know, whatever. And that never occurred to me as weird either. But I think your other point was maybe, maybe, you know, because his, we just saw his, his wife get hit, that he's just like snapped as well. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, but but you do have a good point. I mean, the character could be OCD or or just a little... Um, eccentric 
too. And it, it never occurred to me until you brought that up. I just assumed he was in stress mode or something. But hmm, interesting uh, thought, Mike. I guess I'm more forgiving of, of strange personalities. Well, I'm not saying it's. I am. Well, first of all, you acknowledge he's a strange personality. I'm not. It's not. I'm not damning him. There's nothing to forgive about right. being a little odd. I'm just saying he's definitely got some sort of a, a personality issue going on here. Okay. Yeah. And 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 that's fine. He's allowed. But it didn't occur to me that he was strange until you brought you said to. to well, let me rephrase that. Yeah, but it look at who you're hanging out with every Thursday little... night. How would you tell? <laughs> but it, but my point is is that it it didn't occur to me uh, until you brought it up uh, that normal people wouldn't necessarily act a certain way in that situation and I was like yeah that is an interesting thing so, right and even if it's just because of the stress of his his wife being in an accident like I I I have to think most people under the stress of an accident aren't going to be citing penal code um. As, as their thing, you know, so even if it's exaggerated, it's just a weird thing to suddenly. <laughs> you said penal. God damn right. I did <laughs> take those pants off. Well, it's pretty neat how each of these personalities has pretty extensive backstories. So like, you know, you see part of uh, Amanda. Pete, yeah. Yeah. Amanda Pete's character. When you see her with that old guy and stuff, it's just, it, I don't know. It's just wild. <laughs> uh, which old guy was that? The one she's at killing, I think, she's in the beginning. <laughs> she's like a black widow. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so she killed? I, I'm assuming. I'm not saying. Oh. It looked like she might be killing that's him. That's With poison. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So okay, that I missed. So I'm going to have to go back and double check that. Yeah, I'm going to have to, too, because then I would have been looking at her character a little more differently throughout the film. Hmm. Maybe At a was, minimum, she stole his money and stuff and left him there tied up. Yeah, that's true. But I think that I felt like they were giving this feeling that she did something bad to him. But that was just my feeling. Right. You know? Right. And it makes sense because they want you in this film to think everybody's a suspect, right? Right. Yeah. yeah interesting. Except yeah, gonna... for one person. <laughs> And boy. that, of course, is John Cusack. That's true, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, maybe. I and, don't and think yeah. there's any point where they give give him something where you would think that he's the killer. Well, how is he introduced, right? He, you start with, he runs the guy over and... The girl. The girl. The, the, the wife over and the uh, uh, the actress is saying, you know, just you know, don't stop, don't get out to help because, you know, that it's admitting you're responsible. He just right. turns to her and says, I am responsible. You know, right. so that, that is a, that is a clear hang a hat on a character trait moment. Um, yeah. That he's the guy that's responsible. He's our hero. He's our white hat. That doesn't mean that he's not a serial killer, <laughs> but but they want us to at least think he's the good guy. Right. Right. Yeah, he's he's not he's not the one that has an arrow pointing at him. So out of the ten characters, if there is one character that is least likely to be the serial killer, we, we all pretty much know it's going to be the, the child, which is why we know it's him. But then the number two would be Cusack, would be Eddie. Eddie Dakota. Right. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yet, I didn't like his character that much because I thought I thought he was arrogant. Um, because first of all, he's the one that hit the woman, even if it was not intentional. But then when he says we should, when he was trying to boss around Ray Liotta. That pissed me off. And the, and, well, because and Ray Liotta didn't know what the fuck he was doing because he wasn't even a cop. Right. But at that time, I didn't know that. So when Liotta says, no, I, I got the I got the walkie-talkie. I don't need your help. Um, and I was like, yeah, good for him. I mean, what, what a jerk. But now we know why he didn't want him to use the walkie-talkie. Because he didn't right. want... Right. And, and who knows if the walkie-talkie was really not working. Right? No, that, that was a smokescreen. Yeah. So what it was is that um, your anger should have been directed at Ray Liotta. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at at that at that time, after we find out that he's the bad guy. Yes. But before that, I thought he was just a cop. And we now know. So why are you still mad at John Cusack? Oh, because Cusack didn't know that he was the murderer. He was just. A pompous ass, I felt. I don't know. I thought he was asking a reasonable question. Why don't we all sit on the radio and make sure we get through? Yeah, well, that's fair too. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I like John Cusack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. As an actor, maybe not so much in the last five years, but before that, he was solid. <laughs> yes, I would agree yeah, with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, he, he's yeah, kind of on that. the bad movie binge, like uh, Bruce Willis was. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's really, really now just. Taking paychecks. Um, What's the last thing he did? Oh, he's been in a bunch of direct-to-video stuff. Yeah, yeah. But any his last big film, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, Mike. It's a good question. Um, Has he done any like significant box office since 1408? Yeah, I, I was going to say so. that was the last thing I'm thinking of. Was he in cell? Oh, 2012. Yeah, he was in Cell. Yeah, 2012, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, he was in Cell. He was, yeah, the, the Stephen King, Samuel L. Jackson film, right? Right. I mean, at some point, that wasn't was commercially be... successful, though, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it's what 2012. Isn't that, that weird Edgar Allan Poe? I can't talk. Edgar Allan Poe movie, The Raven. The yeah, Raven. I didn't like that very much. Oh, that was the right. that was the movie that got my I forgot I I completely forgot I watched this movie award that year because <laughs> I sa- I saw it I went to the theater I sat through the whole thing I didn't hate it but like at yeah. the end of the year when I'm looking at movie I'm trying to remember all the movies I watched and making up a list and I'm going oh yeah I keep forgetting I saw that one yeah um, that was the that was like his last one. big film I think that may have been the film that destroyed his his leading man. To be honest, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at his IMDb and like the last, like I'm just gonna run through this list of titles. I don't know any of these. Pursuit, Utopia TV series, Never Grow Old, River Runs Red, Distorted, Singularity, Blood Money, Arsenal, Cell. I, I guess we know that one. Chirac. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Well, I, I've heard, I, oh. I've heard Chirac. I like, I've heard... I like Utopia, actually. That was that was a cool show, but it got canceled after the first season. It was an well, Amazon Prime yeah, show. That's, well, there's one way to disappear into obscurity is do a streaming TV series. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But that's that's the danger when you start. Now, first of all, if you're you're switching over from doing movies to doing TV series, that that could be a warning sign. Um, yeah, but most, of these, most of these are movies. Reclaim, Love and Mercy, The Prince, Drive Hard, Maps to the Stars, The Bagman. Yeah, he's just been he's been doing the director video gigs. Yeah. So yeah. look, it happens when you get to a certain age. Right. First of all, you have you start demanding a certain price. Usually, uh, at some point, your agent has to go. Maybe you need to drop it down a little bit. But they, <laughs> right. they do start looking for an excuse to move on from you because when you're no longer the hot young thing, you're the real, and you're no longer the reliable thing. You're the old thing nobody gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, it's not exactly the same thing, but like, you know, Johnny Depp. You know, there's only so many Lone Rangers you can make. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then people start look that they start saying eh, maybe he's not a hot commodity anymore. And it's time to move on. And he became his fear and loathing character. And that's where his career. Well, that's dropped. that's that's a whole other problem. But, <laughs> you know, it's not like the last two Pirates films were which made shit tons of money, which is why they tolerated him. But it's not like anybody was saying, oh, my God, these are these are brilliant works of art. Um. He's at some point his brand starts getting diluted. Right. So anyway, um, this was before Cusack um, became a director, video actor. Um, but you're, yeah, I mean, he always usually plays the nice guys. Um, at least that's what I remember. Um, no, so, for the most part, he does. He does an asshole every once in a while. Like that, high true. fidelity, his his character is not great. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, so in this film here, um, yeah, so he, he becomes the the as you said, Mike, the the hero, um, the guy that's gonna solve the problem type stuff. Um, but then the film, I, I was kind of surprised. Um, at the time, because I didn't even know who Amanda Pete was, and I still oddly don't know what she's famous for. Um, she watched the became... whole nine yards. You'll know. Yes. Oh, great movie. Okay. The first one, anyway. Yeah. Um. So she becomes kind of the 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 lead as well in this, I guess. Um. Look, she's a female lead, and Cusack is the male lead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, and there's, I don't know if anybody picked up on this. I read this in the trivia section. At the end of the movie, there's a, there's a scene where Ray Liotta and John Cusack shoot each other. Right. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a point where if you look, you can see their mouths moving, but there's, there's no words. Um, oh, and they did that because there was dialogue shot for that scene when Ray Liotta says, I didn't do this. And John Cusack said, I know. Um, but they felt that was too obvious and might tip the ending too early. So they just cut the dialogue. Oh, that's interesting. That, that's actually yeah. kind of cool, cool dialogue, though. But yeah, yeah, it is. I would have liked that in there. Yeah. If you watch it again, you can you can see uh, now that you know what they're saying, you'll be able to read their lips when they're saying it. Uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, how did you find that out? Was that, uh, do you have like a director's commentary or something? 
Um, actually, there is a direct there's commentary on the Blu-ray that I have, but I read that on the trivia page on IMDb. I didn't have time to watch the commentary. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I also uh, found out that apparently the Blu-ray is out of print because when I was looking it up on Blu-ray.com, apparently the new price for it is sixty-nine dollars. Holy uh, hell! Yeah, that's nice. Out of print then. Yeah, that's out of print. All right. Huh, that's <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what else did uh, did we want to bring up? Uh, some of the other personalities. Uh, what about Jake, Jake Busey? He played Jake Busey, right? Yeah. He played a Busey who was crazy. Shocked. Yeah, exactly. Shocked. That's that's that's. I mean, his, his role was relatively small, and and I mean, really, probably the least interesting of all the roles. I would agree. It really, yeah, it didn't have much to it. Well, he had to die. That was pretty much it. Right. He had to be a red herring, right? That was true. So, right. Yeah. Um, I think There's the only time I've ever seen him as a good guy uh, was in Starship Troopers. He was just a guy. But anyway, what were you going to say, Bert? I was going to say, there's that little saying that they do, you know, that he keeps kind of repeating throughout the movie, and then they say it fully at the end, which I thought was interesting. What was it? I met a man on the stairs. Oh, yeah. He wasn't oh, yeah. there. Oh, a poem, yeah, that's yeah. a poem, famous poem from like a hundred years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's something. If Chrissy was here, she would explain the whole poem. And and she tell <laughs> us who it was, and I'm blanking on who it was. It was oh yeah, uh, same yeah. here. I can find out. It's in the it's in the trivia section. Yeah, um, I know it's there. It's, it's I knew it. Like, uh, oh, the, uh, uh, William Hughes Mearns, uh, Antigonish is is the name of the poem. Yep, yep. And it's from, I know it's like 100 years old, so 1899, so yeah, so long time. <laughs> I just, I, mean, I, thought it like, gave a, I thought it gave a good ambiance at the end with the little kid whispering it. and That was that, just chills up my spine at the end, yeah. at the end of that, man. That, that, that whisper just does it for me. It's like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's one of three poems that I, I, I know, I mean... I mean, I, it's <laughs> yeah. that, it's that, it's, uh, you know, tiger, tiger, burning bright. And then, uh, uh, and then, um, the Raven, you know, that's, and that's about it. <laughs> you know, it's, what about, then the rest uh, of it's poetry and it sucks. What about, uh, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Is, is, that, uh, is that, wood, a does a good, does, which, I know, does that count? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I just wanted to, I mean, Limerick certainly, I can, uh, I you know, they're, there, there once was a podcaster from Nantucket. You know, picky people pick Peter Pan. Peter Butter is a peanut butter. Picky people pick. Yeah, yeah, that that one. Too. I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> as much wood as a woodchucker as a woodchucker. Tongue twister. Um. Anyone feel like we're drifting? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to bring up other personalities. Uh, so, what, what do we want to talk about? Uh, next, I mean, uh, what was was Alfred Molina's character who was a real, was he a, a, a bad doctor or not? Well, here's the thing. I, I, mean, I, I would see more of his clown off. <laughs> well, he was bad. He paid for it. Yeah. I mean, it was more <laughs> of, he thought, you know, he thought he was, he thought the whole treatment was a success. You know, he thought that, 
you know, it, you know, he just got fooled. Yeah. Um, again, his, it, even in movies, this is a silly treatment. They, they were very, very smart. <laughs> I think to spend as little time on this yes. subplot as possible because it stands up to like zero scrutiny because first of all, uh-huh. I would, there's no question. I don't think there's any question that he's got multiple personality disorder. Right. Um, right. They, they mentioned, by the way, uh, like in the voice over the beginning, they mentioned uh, something type four dissociation or dissociative. He's a, you know, so they're there. The idea that the serial killer has a multiple personality disorder is right there. We just don't know that we're watching his personality. Well, plus, if you get rid of all the personalities, can't he then be executed? Well, and that's the question. I mean, you've what, cured him at that point, right? But he's still are, a serial Are they killer. supposed well, to just no, take the, the last personality is the fucking kid, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, also, I don't even if they do get rid of the personalities at the time of the, the murders, he was insane. And I think that's how, how they, they go. Right. Uh, Thank you. Go on, Mike. Right, I mean, there are there are the insanity plea is a is a, it is a real thing, but it's a thing that very rarely happens in real life, and until someone really is just completely batshit crazy, and I think it's clear Pruitt Taylor Vince is completely batshit crazy, as is the character he because plays of the show. eyes. Um, so I don't, I, I find it hard to believe that he would not, because listen, I. We're Americans. We like putting people to death. That is part of our culture. Uh, we like the death penalty. We like to hang them. We like to. It is. It is. It, look, we are a big death penalty culture. We very much are. But if you understand how the death penalty works in this country, he killed these people in 1998. Almost nobody goes from committing the crime in 98 to being executed in 2004 because there's so many appeals processes. And then you throw somebody in there who is legitimately insane. Yeah. Um, there, there would Even have been a plea deal in longer there than that. <laughs> and just because, and what are you supposed to do? Do you promise you killed off all the personalities? Uh huh. Do you promise you're not the murdering one? Uh huh. You can go now. <laughs> so, cool. I, step, step, step. So I don't think there's really much at stake here because realistically, I don't think he would be executed. And then even after he kills off all his other personalities, it's not like they're letting him free. So it's a it's a narrative device and if they'd spent any time on it at all more than what they did I think that it would really start to fall apart I just think they were smart to spend this tiny smidgen of time on it Right and that's fair yeah I would concur If by the way anyone like Dan who's probably not listening who wants to give us some <laughs> input on the legal advice of serial killers with one murderous multiple personality and then a bunch of purely innocent and wholesome multiple personalities and how that would affect the death penalty case after they've committed homicide in real life. I guarantee uh, you that's not one with a 10-foot pole. Well, so, I'm, uh, oh, sure, I'm maybe, sure there's a fairly MJ lengthy Preston. case history there. MJ Preston, but he's Canadian, so that's different laws. yeah. <laughs> The Canadians uh, don't count anyway. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's I, I don't know. I don't even know. Would Dan even know 
I mean, and is it is it by state rather than by federal? Mostly it's state, but then they try to get you a second time with federal. Most okay. of our most of our laws are state laws. I mean, as far as the criminal code, um, right. certainly a lot of the big ones. You know, and it's not until you get to like tax fraud and kidnapping that you start to bring the feds in. Right. Um, and yeah, it's mostly state death penalty is mostly a state by state thing. Right. Like New York found it's it found the the uh I don't know where we are anymore, but for a long time like when the crime was like really bad and like the the taxi driver in New York, you know, New Yorkers were all like we want the death penalty come back and Howard Stern had threatened, I think he actually did for like a minute and a half run for governor, you know, vowing to uh just if he won, he would reinstate the death penalty and then he would resign. Uh, but New York found the uh, the perfect solution between its its desire for law and order and its more uh, left leaning tendencies by implementing the death penalty and never ever using it. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's it's a weird culture. But, it just is. But, well, so back to back to this film here. So yeah. So he assumed that they were going to move him to a a mental institution, right? I mean, at the end, right? That's that was what was going on. Yeah, and uh, you know, you figure everything's okay because his the 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 girl, the the pro- the prostitute who may actually be a murderer anyway, based off of what you said, Barrett. Um, she looks like she gets to go home to her home of uh, F- Florida. What was the name of the Frostbite or something? Frost- yeah. Ooh. which is an actual town by the way i looked it up and um and live happily ever after you know like like uh you know julia roberts in in pretty woman but the little boy comes and kills her and then he kills alfred molina and then i think he kills the driver too yeah so it didn't work. So that was the other twist. Well, it worked if you're the child. Yes. No, 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 no. But I mean, yeah, I mean, for <laughs> Molina, I'm talking about for Molina. It didn't work for Molina. Well, and that was kind of dumb that he opened the cage while they're on the open road, too. But whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was that was not a <laughs> that was not a recommended course of action. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was that was very stupid. But I and still loved it when the vans do a stop at the edge of the road, and then you hear that poem whispered. It was yeah. that was just the perfect ending for the movie. It's a great scene, but yeah, that wasn't smart. <laughs> no, no, not smart, not smart. Um, what else? Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? Anything? All right, I guess uh, that's pretty much our discussion on this film here. So uh, we can give our final thoughts. Um, but before we do, uh, maybe is what we've been watching or anything. Uh, I don't know, Erica, what about you? Is there any stuff that you wanted to bring up that you may have, um, watched that would be interesting to the listeners? Um, I watched a bunch of non-genre stuff. Um, wow, it was all non-genre stuff now that I'm looking at it. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, not stuff we would talk about on this podcast. Um, and I, I finished my, uh, 
my rewatch of The Shield, uh, the best show ever. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, let me think. I don't think I haven't been to the movies in the last week. I don't think I have. Um, and on TV, Pam and I finished watching the first half of the last season of Better Call Saul, which is on like a six week hiatus and it comes back on July 11th. Uh, and oh, I forgot something. Come back yeah. to me. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. And did really well. And so we moved on to our next thing, which is uh, to check off another series for good, which is Ozark. We've only watched two episodes, Phil, so don't spoil anything. Um, do so, do well, I'm just saying, it's like, you know, so this I know. is, yeah, yeah, I guess. It's, I, it's, but why would you point out me and no one else? And say, because Phil, you're the one that's obsessed with Ozark. excited when Ozark comes up, Phil. <laughs> yeah, well, it is the best show so. No, it's not. <laughs> no, Shield is the best show ever. Well, it's no, pretty awesome. Infinity Island went. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that, and I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but I think that's really. Oh, and I watched the. I've, uh, oh, I caught myself up on uh, the Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which I am really enjoying. I think it's. I liked the first it's episode. I think it's gotten better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the last episode I watched was the Gord episode, which I really liked. And then um, I also watched uh, the first three episodes of Obi-Wan, which uh, you get some, some decent Vader action in, in episode three. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that one, too. Oh, episode three's up? Yes. Excellent. I'll have to watch that tonight. All right. Very good. Um, Eric, what was uh, that other thing you wanted to bring up? Uh, Stranger Things, was it? Uh, season four of Stranger Things. Um I've watched all of that that's available. I'm really fucking pissed at Netflix right now because they betrayed me. Um, They're the ones that came up with the whole, let's dump the whole series at once so you can watch the whole thing all the way through. So I had no reason to believe they'd stop doing it now, but they fucking did, and there's still two episodes that aren't coming out until next month, and I'm mad about it. Yeah, that's what's worse. Only two episodes. Well, I forgot to tell you this, though. But Ozark, they did the four, season four. They did the same thing. They did that with the rest of development. They've been doing it for a few years because they're realizing. Well, it, it satisfies the fans. Need to stop immediately. That's, that's why they're losing subscribers. We're all quitting they're, and going elsewhere. They're, they're losing people. That's the problem. That's the problem with with streaming. Uh, not streaming with with the um, with dropping everything at once. Plan. Do you and I understand. I get. I get. It. I get. I get what Eric's saying, now. but. You don't have the numbers to prove that, Mike. You're just saying it. No. They, just... they betrayed me. I am betrayed. Bastards. But I know, uh, what I have seen is very good. Uh, I, I enjoyed season four of Stranger Things. And it's only two episodes? No, uh, it is, it's like eight. No, nine episodes total. Two episodes <laughs> left, but they are longer episodes, supposedly. Yeah, they're supposed to be like an hour and a half or something. So... They've, so how many of the episodes have they of this of the fourth seven. season? Seven. So then seven, seven of nine. Yes. Yes. Oh wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of stupid. Yeah. I get what you're saying Mike. there, Mike. <laughs> uh, it's a board conspiracy. <laughs> it is. I wonder if Jerry Ryan gets a cut. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, 
Uh, that was actually a good good uh, Star Trek uh, movie, the, the one with the Borgs. Uh, but anyway, um, for me, um, so I uh, played some Dead or Alive 6 again, was doing that. Uh, so that's always good, playing the fight games. Um, because you're and, not allowed to hit your children. Right. Well, well, well plus, plus the, the, they're all in like bikinis and stuff, that, so it was pretty awesome. Um, plus, my kids like playing the game, too. It's pretty fun. Um, and... Uh, I get away with it by saying it's like MMA fighting, so my my wife doesn't say they're they're punching. That's violent, isn't it? No, no, it's, they're not it's, ten it's, yet, right? Uh, no, they're uh, eight and six. Okay, so two more years and you can show them Taxi Driver. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, I did talk about that with my wife uh, over the weekend. Said I could let him watch it. Uh, I mean, I saw it at ten. She goes, no, then it can happen. So. Um, what else? Uh, you can I, have it on playing on the background and just walk away. That's true. That's true. So either way, um, there was a, I played Trivial last night, and it was a question that was pretty good, which was, uh, which installment in the Grand Theft Auto franchise features a character voiced by Ray Liotta, who passed away suddenly on May 26th? Anyone know? Anyone? Was that five? Nope. I don't remember. Grand Theft go. Auto, Vice City. Oh, uh, character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Um, and then, uh, that's, that's pretty much all I got for, uh, what I've been doing. Uh, what about you, Barrett? First off, Barrett, before I, uh, we get to, no. you, uh, have you played any of the resident evil village yet? No. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, he he's, like, he's like, he's like, it uh, sounds like the child at the table who just won't eat the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Speaking so, of that, I bought Brussels sprouts this morning before work. Anyway, continue. I hate Brussels sprouts. Anyway, uh, so I watched Stranger Things over the weekend, and yes, I'm with Eric. I was pissed because there's still two episodes left, uh, and it's quite a cliffhanger. Um, watch Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I'm really enjoying it as well. Um, I like the episode-specific stories. Um, it's really nice. It's a good change. Um, and I really like uh, Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. I think he's doing an amazing job. Um, and then it's not genre-related, but I'm watching Dinosaur Planet on Apple TV, and I think it's really cool. So thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> yep, yep. That's cool. Oh, uh, that's a weekly thing, though, right? No, it's all out. It's all out, yeah. It's it's sweet. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I was talking to Sean Fox, and he was telling me about Stranger Things, and he goes, yeah, I'll have to watch the rest later. And I go, what do you mean later? And then he told me the same thing, that there's two more episodes. It's like, are you serious? That's ridiculous. So just released it all at once, the bastards. Anyway, uh, what about you, Mr. Letts? Yeah, okay, well, let's see. I finished Peaky Blinders, uh, season five. Season six is supposed to come in the end of June. Uh, oh, I watched, oh, yeah, I watched the first two of Kenobi, and so I'm I'm hoping that, uh, that that's all going to go well. Uh, I just think I watched Goodfellas for the first time over the weekend. I know for the first time, but... Was really good. Uh, I guess that's about it, really. I've just been watching. You know, Phil has this thing with Ozarks in the Office. I have a thing with watching uh, Granada Productions of uh, Sherlock Holmes. All right, sounds good. 
Uh, all right. So let's get into um, our final thoughts on this film that we uh, watched and just talked about tonight. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast for your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scansity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can get it wherever you got this one. Excellent. And uh, Mike, me, you, and Eric uh, do another podcast that we're actually uh, uh, most likely going to be recording Monday, uh, unless uh, unfortunate circumstances prevent us. You know something I don't know? Yeah, I, I have to wake. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I walked in on the middle of that. Yeah, so uh, that's Cinema a la carte, where uh, you and uh, Eric and I take turns picking movies that are not horror films or very obviously dark discussion-related films. Uh, began with a desire to cover the Mission Impossible films, which we have yet to ever actually cover. Um, but... <laughs> and other times. <laughs> but but we, we, it's an eclectic mix of uh movies such as Collateral, Tom Cruise, um The Edge, not Tom Cruise, uh Forbidden Planet and and many many others. Uh well, many a few others. Uh we we record it when we have a chance to get around to doing it because we are le- leading busy lives yeah, and creature. some people are re- recording 950 other podcasts too. So but you can you mm-hmm. can catch that on on the Dark Discussion stream and we'll be recording the next one as Phil said hopefully soon. All right, sounds good. Uh, and uh, Barrett, uh, myself and you and a few other co-hosts are uh, coming back on a, a podcast that's uh, returning. Yes, uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is coming back for LGBTQ month that we do every year. Um, our first movie we'll be reviewing this coming weekend called Ride or Die. Uh, that's right. Um, so we'll, we'll be... Uh, Somebody, music. Start, yeah, as my phone started playing music for some reason. Uh, yep, so uh, that, that'll be uh, uh, pretty good. We'll, we'll first recording will be s- this Sunday the 6th. Is that the 6th or is that the 5th? Uh, it is the 5th. So Sunday the 5th. I better check that Zoom to make sure I have it as the 5th. Um, and uh, we will be uh, doing one film weekly for the month of June. Uh, art house lesbian films. Uh, now, Mike, uh, me, you, and Barrett and Sean Fox just uh, wrapped up a podcast. Yeah, that's Cortana's Communiques about the uh, Paramount Plus adaptation of sort of of the Halo video game series uh, for the TV series Halo. Uh, there were nine episodes in the first season. It has already been renewed for a second. And uh, if you'd like to watch that and hear what we have to say about it, we'd love to hear your feedback. All right, that's right. And uh, uh, that's pretty much that. So let's get into our final thoughts on uh, Identity, the film uh, that we talked about tonight. So let's start with you, Kevin. Yeah, I'm glad I watched this one. I definitely give it a recommend. It's got a good twist. And hopefully you watch the movie before you listen to this podcast uh, or else uh, we would have spoiled it great like crazy for you. But, uh, yeah, it was a good performance by all involved. And rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Indeed. Indeed. All right, uh, Mike. 
yeah, so I like the film. Uh, I don't think it is a all-time classic. I think maybe Forgotten Gem, because I kind of remember this getting buzzed at the time. Um, but I don't hear anything about it really anymore. Uh, I certainly think it's worth hunting down uh, and paying $69 for. Or you could just watch it on Netflix while you're blue-balling the last season of uh, Stranger Things. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely give it a recommend. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I would concur with Mike. It's a, a recommend for sure. Probably a high recommend. Uh, everything about it is, is really good. Acting, mystery, the script, uh, the direction, the the throw aspect, all of it. Uh, high recommend. Great cast, and uh, definitely a hidden gem. Uh, or a cult classic, if you prefer. Um, so, yeah, definitely check it out. Right now, it is available free on Amazon Prime, was it? It's on Netflix. Netflix. That's where Netflix. I watched it. Yeah, it was Netflix. Yeah, that's where I watched it. Yeah, Netflix. Sorry. Sorry. It was one of those streamers. Netflix, the channel that will not ever show you the entire series of Stranger Things. And then uh, <laughs> let's go with you, uh, Barrett. Yeah, I really like this film. Uh, I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, I think I appreciate some aspects of it a lot more now that I've watched it a few times. And the first time was great, but I see different things in it now that I watch it more. So it's a great film to watch. Um, watch it just like we did. All right. And uh, Eric. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um it's a personal favorite. That's why I own it on disc and uh, not as effective on rewatch as the first time through, but I still think it's worth checking out. All right. Sounds good. So uh, once again, the film is our identity uh, it is our theme podcast uh, in remembrance of uh, the great actor Ray Liotta, who died in his sleep at the age of 67. Uh, not, no one knows why yet, uh, most likely natural causes, but uh, um, I do know that uh, he was a little uh, overweight um, and uh, and whatnot, so uh, could have been just bad eatings and stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, rest in peace. Uh, the film, uh, as we said, is available right now on streaming uh, on Netflix, but um, it can be rented anywhere. Unfortunately, as Eric said, the, the Blu-ray is now out of print, um, and um, that's pretty much I got. So uh, I guess we can get into our uh, wrap-up here. And Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about identity. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Mm-hmm.